Well, good morning, everybody. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we continue this series through the book of Hebrews and finding out why in the world God chose to leave this letter for us and what it meant then and what it means to you and me. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 3. If you've got your North Star Church app, you can go ahead and go there. If you've not downloaded that, go to North Star Church, Georgia in the app store, and you can download that. It's a free app, and you can use that to work along with us. you got a little worship guide on the way in. That'll be where we'll jot down some notes in a few minutes. You know, we began this series two weeks ago, and we talked about this, this group of believers that this letter was written to was an interesting group because they were second-generation Christians. So they personally did not see Christ. They had met Christ like we have in our hearts, but the stories about Jesus were stories about Jesus that they were taking in, and they were finding themselves not as excited as they once were. What began so promising and what began with, man, it's a new relationship, it's a new journey, this is awesome. All of a sudden, tough times have hit. Discouragement has set in. We know that during the, the, the frame that this was written between A.D. 30 and A.D. 70, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, you were a Jewish believer, and you claim to be a follower of Christ, there was an amazing amount of persecution that you had begun to go through, an amazing amount of tough times that you were beginning to walk through. And what they were finding during this time, there were some of these believers, they were going, you know what, it's just not worth it. It's really not worth sticking in there for. It really isn't worth hanging in this battle for. In fact, I think it would be easier to be on the outside than the inside. I don't even know why I chose this. I don't know why I chose to walk this direction. I don't even know why I chose this journey in this letter. And we don't know the author of the letter, but this letter that was penned to these believers is exactly what we need. Because if you are living and you are breathing... You need encouragement. You need encouragement to stick in there. You need encouragement to hang in there. Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to dive in at verse number 1. Now, if you're new to North Star, if at any point I start talking and you're not reading it, look up because we're going to chitty-chat about it a little bit because I want it to make sense for you. So, he picks up his thoughts from what we know is chapter 2, but remember he's just continuing the letter and the writer says this, Therefore, holy brothers... You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle, the high priest of our confession. Time out. Here's what the writer knew. The writer knew they were beginning to look more at their circumstances than they were Jesus. He knew that they were beginning to look at the tough time more than their faith. He knew that they were beginning to forget who they are. Tough times have an amazing way of making us question what we really believe. It's really easy to believe it on a Sunday morning, a little harder to believe it when the rain starts to come and the storm starts to come and we begin to feel pushed in. Look at what he says. Consider Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in God's house. 
So all throughout this writing, he's going to reference Moses, and I'll get into it a little bit more later. But know this, to these people, Moses was the guy. Moses was the guy they all looked back to, and Moses was like the pinnacle of their uh, religious background and upbringing because he wrote the majority of the Old Testament and all these things that Moses has penned. So he'll reference Moses, but look at what he says. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than who? What does he say? He's been counted as more glory with more glory than Moses. So here's what, here's what the writer, everybody look at me. The writer said, Jesus is better than Moses. Basically what he's saying. Hey, Moses is a good guy, but Jesus is better. I know you worshiped Moses and his background and what all he did, but I'm just telling you, Jesus is more worth it than Moses is. As much glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself for every house, verse 4, is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Every time he starts talking about a house, he's talking about this family of God and how Moses was in the family, but Jesus began the family. Now, Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Talking about, here's what he's saying. Moses was a created being, Jesus created Moses. Jesus was God's son. Moses was one of us. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in hope. See, these people lived in a day it was really easy to give in and to bend in. They lived in a day that it was it was going to be easier to conform than stand out. It was going to be easier to blend in rather than step out with their faith and their freedom. And he wrote this note to them to say, stick in there. You can do it. Hang on. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let your circumstances dictate the reality of who Jesus is. And maybe, just maybe, you walked in this room today and that was exactly where you find yourself. What began as this fresh journey of figuring out who Jesus is has gotten a little tough. What began was so exciting, but now you're beginning to go, it's like a, it's like a team. How many of y'all have a favorite sports team? Raise your hand if you got a favorite sports team. Maybe soccer, baseball, basketball, football, whatever it is. You got a favorite sports team. Well, before the season starts, everybody's all jacked up about the season. Oh, we got a chance. We got a chance. The Falcons, I think this is the year. They're going to the Super Bowl. They lose the Eagles. They stink, man. They're terrible. I don't know if they're going to make it. Right? Because tough times set in because you begin to doubt everything that you believe. Today, maybe this letter was written for you. Would you pray with me? Right where you're seated this morning, would you just ask God to speak to you? Would you? Would you ask that he would encourage your heart just as these new believers needed that encouragement? Would you ask today that he would encourage you in your journey and your faith?
Father, I don't know how you do this, but um, this letter that was penned 2,000 years ago, you knew in 2018, in September, we were going to be reading it, and you knew how bad some of us needed it. Father, would you take these words that were on this page that we read this morning, God, would they crawl up in our lives, and Father, when we walk out these doors and compass true north and those that are watching online when they when they move on with their day here in a few minutes may they move on with a little more hope that they had when they started so father we ask that you speak to us use us teach us we give you permission to walk into our lives it's jesus name i pray amen i want you to write two words down at the top of your outline ready here's words bend bend Bold. Bend. Bold. To be bold means you don't bend. To stand out means you stand through. These believers were beginning to find it easier to bend than to be bold in their faith. And the writer sees this. He's watching them walk away from their faith. He's watching them compromise what they believe because it's easier to look like the culture than to stand out in the culture. And he writes for things for them to consider when that temptation comes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you this. The easiest time all week to be a believer is Sunday mornings when we sit in a service. Would y'all agree with that? It's the easiest time. By the time we walk out these doors by Tuesday, it ain't as easy as it is on Sunday. And it's sometimes if we're walking to, for you college students have been with, at Wave the past few weeks on Tuesday nights, ton of college kids. It's easier to compromise, to give in to that temptation to, to go, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. But it's the same way in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 60s, whatever age you're holding on to. It's easier to blend in than it is to be bold. And he writes us this encouragement to fight against this temptation. And he lays out some things for us to do. Ready? Lesson number one, keep owning my true identity in Christ. Keep owning my true identity in Christ. And I love how he starts this verse. And look at it with me. Everybody look up at the screen. And it says this, therefore, what kind of holy brothers? What does it say? Holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling. You could say, holy brothers and sisters, this is your new identity. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he considers you holy. You may not feel it. You may not like it. You may not understand it, but that's what he thinks of you. My dear holy brothers. See, we get our identity from lots of things. Our identity may come from what we drive. Our identity may come from where we live. Our identity may become, okay, come from who, where we went to college. Our identity may come from the family of origin that we have. Our identity may come from our job or our occupation. Your identity can come through a lot of places. And here's the dangerous part of your identity. If your identity, everybody get this, if your identity is found in anything or anyone other than Jesus, your identity will change and it will let you down at some point. You better be careful 
how you identify yourself. So next week, I've got to travel next weekend to do an event, and I'm the person that you dread seeing come to, to uh, near you in an airport because I'm gonna, I probably, when I chose my seat, there's going to be three seats, and I'm sure when I picked it, I wasn't paying attention. I'm sure I'm sitting in the middle of the row, and there's going to be a guy on my right and a lady on my left or a guy on my right and a guy on my left, whatever it is, and I'm going to be sitting right dead middle, and I'm going to strike up a conversation. Told you to dread me, all right? And so I'm going to strike up a conversation, and I'm going to turn to that guy on my right and say, why are you going to Cincinnati? Tell me what you're going up there for, and we're going to small talk, and then I'm probably going to ask this question so what do you do for a what and he's going to tell me and then he's going to feel obligated to ask me so what do you do i'm a pastor headphones all right that's going to happen he's going to stick his headphones in because most people don't look forward to me sitting next to them on a plane it's like oh dear gracious what did i do to deserve this he's going to stick his headphones in very rarely does somebody go, oh, I've been wanting to sit beside a pastor. That's when I put my headphones in, all right? And so I'm, I'm busy. I got to study. It's our identity, right? We wrap our identities up in what we do. Here's, what I, here's our danger, and I want you to write this. The danger of life is our identity beca can become our idol. And then when we lose it, we're in trouble. So if our identity is wrapped up in something or someone, we're in trouble. Because that something or someone may change. If your identity is wrapped up in a person, a place, or a thing other than Christ... It's a dangerous place. We've got a little point there for you. I want you to write this down, would you? I will combat temptation only to the point it doesn't threaten my idol. So this temptation to walk away, if this idol of whatever, and an idol is anything I think can bring value or good to my life. We would never say that's our idol till it's taken away. And the depth of that will tell us what we've put our stock in. He reminds them at the beginning, therefore, holy brothers, don't forget who you are now. I don't know who you used to be, but I'll tell you the way that God sees you now, holy brothers and sisters. That's why he begins the, the, the story this way. Number two, keep thinking about who Jesus is. Not only remember who you are, but keep thinking about who Jesus is. And I love this phrase. I love this little phrase. Look, look with me at the verse. Consider Jesus. So let's talk about this real quick. When tough times come, yes or no? Are tough times going to come to all our lives, yes or no? Yes. When tough times come, do we consider ourselves and our circumstances first or Jesus first typically? Which one? I consider my stuff first, always. I always go there first. Here's the hard part. Our circumstances sometimes can dictate our faith. 
rather than our faith dictating our circumstances. If I consider my circumstances first, let me tell you what's going to happen. Those circumstances will overwhelm me. Those circumstances will cause me at times to even doubt what I know I believe. And those circumstances can push me into such a corner that I can go, you know what, I don't know if I can do this. I don't even know if this faith is worth it. I don't know if I can even sustain this journey. That's what circumstances do. And when you get into the middle of those circumstances, he tells us what to do. He says to consider who? Jesus. Help me out again. Consider who? Jesus. Why? Because you see what he went through to find who you are and who you are today. See, sometimes we sort of um, polish up the story of Jesus and we forget what he did. We got three little points there. He left heaven for me. He defends me. And he invites me into his family. Consider him. Here's basically what the author of this letter is telling us. Don't keep looking at your stuff. Remember what he did. It's easier to quit. It's easier to wave the white flag. I'm telling you, hang in the journey. Consider Jesus. There's going to be times that you don't want to do it, and there's going to be times that it's not fun anymore, and there's going to be times that you're going to face you're not going to like. Hey, to let you in on a little secret, there were times that he didn't like. There were times this journey was painful to him. There were times of loneliness while he was here. Remember that. Remember Jesus. Remember what he did for you. You can't quit. And we live in a world that's just when tough times happen, it's just easier to quit. It's easier to stop. How many of you have children? Raise your hand if you have children, right? How many of you have ever been involved in something with your children when they were growing up that they wanted to quit from? Raise your hand if they've ever wanted to quit something. So when we were growing up, my daughter cheered. My, she was in gymnastics. She did cheer. Casey did baseball and basketball. I did a couple sports. And I remember it was one of those early, and it was fun, man. When you first start, it is so fun. I'm going to play in about the third or fourth game. It's not as fun anymore because I'm not in the position I want to be in. I'm not getting to play where I want to play. I'm not hitting in the lineup where I want to hit. It says a practice isn't fun. Coaches got it out for me. I don't want to go anymore. It's Saturday morning. My stomach hurts. I don't want to go to the baseball game. I don't like the team that got picked. I don't think the coach likes me. And I was his coach. All right. And so that's always a, <laughs> it's always a bad sign. And it, it, and it would have been easy, and he and Anne agreed with some of those comments, but anyways, it would have been easier to go, yeah, yeah, you can quit. But you know what? You make them stick in the season because part of life's learning to stick through tough times, right? 
the author looks at people and says, don't forget what he did. Don't go get so wrapped up in your circumstances. You forget what he did. You guys love Moses, that's what he said. You love Moses. Moses is a great hero. But Moses and Jesus. Moses was in the house of God, the family of God, but he didn't create the family of God. Moses died. Jesus, he, he died and rose again. Jesus is greater than Moses. He's worth it. Consider Jesus. Man, there's going to be some of you, you're going to go through one of those seasons here in the next couple of weeks, and you're going to walk through one of those times here in these next couple of weeks, and this phrase is going to go through your mind when you're sitting there on Tuesday doubting everything you believed on Sunday. And I want you to remember this phrase, consider Jesus, because when we consider what he did and the length he went to, you keep walking. You don't quit. Number three, and keep believing that the best is yet to come. Keep believing that the best is yet to come. Here's the word I want you to write down. Ready? Hope. Hope is a powerful word. You got hope, you can make it. You lose hope, it's a tough place. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and boasting in our hope. Don't boast in you. Don't boast in this church. Don't boast in a person. Boast in him. I want you to write a little thought down ready under number three. He is the only one that will see me through. He is it. Boast in that. Answer me a question. Yes or no question. Did Jesus have to do all that he did for us? Yes or no? No. Yes or no question. Did Jesus know on the front end all that he was going to have to go through for us? Yes or no? Yes. Yes or no question. Could he have gotten out of it and quit before the real pain ever started? Yes or no? Yes. Garden of Gethsemane, right? sweating drops of blood. Father, if there's any way that I can get out of this, would you let me out? But he didn't. We know, we know as believers, he died on a Friday and rose again on a Sunday. So you could taste death but you and I would never have to experience death. Meaning, for a believer now, because of what Christ did, I'd taste death 
but I don't experience it because when I die here, I live there. He didn't have to do that. Consider Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what I wish I could do. I wish I could give you a little pass saying, hey, they came to church Sunday and they sat through the whole service. They actually took notes and they went to a small group and they gave. Had a quiet time during the week with the Lord. God, they're exempt from trouble. I can't do that for you. I can wish I could write a get out of trouble free card that when the tough time comes, you could go, oh, oh, I don't have to go through this. I'm exempt. And you get to turn in your card and you get to skip the trouble. I, I can't do that. Here's what I can tell you, though. Keep walking towards hope. Because that hope in him will never disappoint you. And he will not let you down. And when all of life is said and done, he's got you. He's got you. And sometimes, you just hold to that hope with all that you got. And I promise you, There'll be a day that you go, I'm so glad I did. Don't quit, man. Don't quit. Get back up and get in the game. Consider him. He could have quit. He didn't quit. Keep walking. He's worth it. And here's the craziest part. Everybody look at me. He thought you were worth it too. He considered the pain and considered the anguish and considered the desperation. He considered the loneliness. He considered the distance. And he kept walking because you were worth it. He wanted to. So you and I could have confidence and hope to say he's conquered all that. I can hang on to him, and I'm going to make it. I'm not saying all times are bad. Times are great. But you're going to have troubles. Just part of life. Hold on to that hope. Don't quit. Don't walk away. Be bold. Because God's not done with your story. We told the college kids last week, the phrase we used was, don't take a snapshot of your circumstances. Look at the whole story. Look at the whole movie. Don't take a snapshot and let that determine if God's there or not. Look at the whole story. He left you here for a reason. Keep walking towards that hope. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm thankful that your word is true, that your word is real, that your word is active. God, days like today, sometimes your word is 
just what we need. Maybe today we've been struggling without our identity. And we've begun to let our identity be in something other than you. God, maybe today we were one of those people that walked in with our quick card. We're ready to turn the old quick card in and go, you know what, I, I just can't do this anymore. Maybe we walked in here today and our circumstances are telling more of our story than our faith. God, renew our faith. God, we live in a world it's easier to compromise and give in to that temptation of blending in and fitting in. God, today, may we cast our gaze towards you. Off of this world, off of this stuff, off of the story. God, today, may we stand amazed with a Savior we lock eyes with. And God, may that vision pull our hearts towards that hope that's out in front of us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.